This is the ADHD Fix: How to Achieve Your Potential, the podcast to help you use 15 proven strategies to discover the many gifts of ADHD. I'm Henry J. Svek, and for over 30 years, I helped others diagnose and treat ADHD. Now retired, I turn my attention back to those 15 strategies I use to help achieve my potential with ADHD. Learning what I did to help myself will help you achieve your success. ADHD is a gift. Let's get started. Last time we were talking about um, sections of the book, the ADHD Fix. Remember, you can get it in print or audible audio format. Some people are telling me they're getting both, so they can follow along and read if they have a learning disability. It helps. So the the book itself, the the print version would be helpful, but then also the audible book to re redo and, and go over. Well, today's uh, podcast really comes from strategy three, which is get a complete assessment. And I'm I'm really excited to be able to give you some updates and also to take you through in a different way. The book was great; it gives you an outline. But it, let me go through and explain some of the topics. So back when I started um, working in the clinic, I had been at Michigan State. That's where I did my PhD in school psych and spent a lot of time in schools. And in Michigan, there was a very comprehensive evaluation. There was one piece missing that I'll talk about at the end when it comes to assessing ADHD. But assessment in in America was very much、uh, mandated by law.、Uh, when I came back to Ontario, Canada, and started looking at what was going on, it was pretty much the same, of course, as when I was in school.、Um, in that、uh, the the decision to assess or not was really about who was pointing the finger, and parents were often put on waiting lists for years. To get their child assessed, which is why in our clinic we open the doors up to doing assessments. So the first thing we noticed, and and really was striking to me, was the five-minute ADHD assessment. And this was going on all kinds of ways in different places, from casual, you know, assessments at schools to、um, principals mentioning to parents after watching their child and. Also, probably most incredibly, children would be referred for a pediatrician, and the pediatrician would do a, a brief five-minute interview. Perhaps have the classroom teacher and parents do the Connors checklist at that time, and based on that, would diagnose ADHD and prescribe medication. So, if we look at attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, whether it's an attentive type or whatever term you'd like to use, complex ADHD, which we'll talk about in the future、uh, podcasts. It's it's a it's a neurological condition. If you have ADHD, you were born with it.、Um, likely,、uh, genetically, it came from one of your family members or a group of family members. There are some environmental toxins that can contribute to changes, but we're really talking about a neurological condition, which means your brain. And so I've always found it interesting, and maybe I'll talk about the final、uh, piece of the assessment. No, let, let, let's wait on that, but. Let me tell you what a what a comprehensive assessment for ADHD、uh, should entail. Whether you get it at OSR clinics or whether you get it somewhere else, this is what I believe, and the science supports what I'm talking about. The first is a compre- comprehensive history. So whether it's child or adult, you want to do a comprehensive history to rule out any medical reasons for the reason someone is pointing the finger. 
Now, when I started in practice, physicians would get very angry with me. They'd say, why are you sending me this? Why did you tell this client to come back for an assessment? What are you, what are you talking about? We, there's nothing wrong with this client, this child. Usually it was a child initially, later as an adult, um, uh, when we were assessing more and more adults with ADHD. They would actually get upset and I'd say, well, I just want to rule out any medical possible reasons for the child or the adult to be experiencing these symptoms. And very often they would get angry with me, as I said, and they would not, they would refuse to do the, the assessment. And, and we're talking about a good physical. We're talking about a history because the physician would have access to information that we probably wouldn't have when it came to some of the medical information. But nevertheless, we requested it. We also gathered developmental history by asking the parents um, if it was a child. We're doing a comprehensive history with the adult. The next section had to do with behavioral checklists, and certainly we would ask teachers for input. Um, we would ask uh, parents, um, and the person themselves would, sort of looking back in time if they're an adult, talk about some of the behavioral issues and distractibility types of problems they may have had in school. The next step in, in, in a comprehensive assessment is a screening for central auditory processing disorder. Now, central auditory processing problems really has to do with your ability to sort of make sense and process information when it's given to you in a verbal auditory manner. So when you're listening to a lecture, when someone's speaking with you, are you able to retain that information when there's a great deal of background noise and when there's um, other things going on around you? and when it's quiet. And I think, you know, you want to rule that out because sometimes that's, um, that's the diagnosis in itself, but sometimes that makes the ADHD worse if it's there and also impacts learning disabilities. Um, the next is how you or the person being tested performs during boring tasks. We use the Connors Continuous Performance Test. Um, and so if you give someone a boring test to do, and the technology can measure your ability to focus and concentrate over time, it gives us some indication of sort of more of a sample of how you engage in boring activities. Now remember, we would get that response in the history gathering, um, also somewhat from the behavioral checklist. So it's sort of a way to gather information that sort of you can compare to other information. And the more times the data tells you the same thing, the more confidence you can have in coming up with a diagnosis. The next step is intelligence testing. Uh, we want to determine learning style and also learning potential. It's not unusual for people who are failing in school to have exceedingly high ability. The marks have nothing to do with their actual ability to perform. Now, intellectual testing has taken a great deal of um, criticism over time, um, saying that it's culturally biased and, and other types of limitations. And remember, you never use one test to look at a problem and diagnose it. You have multiple tests, but this is one way to measure ability um, of a person, uh, potential, which also starts pointing us into perhaps gifted potential, which we'll talk about in more complex uh, types of ADHD. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Assessing ADHD requires more than a five-minute office visit. The experienced, multidisciplinary team at OSR Clinics will walk with you and your family through the comprehensive assessment and diagnosis process, 
and will be by your side when it comes to implementation of strategies and advocacy for your child. Visit osrclinics.com to book your free info session today. That's osrclinics.com. Now, the next uh, type of testing is, is, is important, but it's also somewhat controversial, and that's achievement testing. And when we speak of achievement testing, we want to know the standard score or the grade level that the child or adult is able to read, write at, and also the knowledge they have attained over school with regard to different subjects. Now, the problem we have, and, and, and this is something my colleague Joe Bouchard, who's a psychologist in Holland, Michigan, talks about, is opportunity. So did the child have the opportunity to learn this material in a school? Or did the child spend, you know, 50% of their time in the principal's office because of behavior? Well, if you're in the principal's office because of behavior, you're probably not given a lot of stimulating learning tasks to engage in. So. There, there's also issues of mental health. So if a child has experienced mental health difficulties, the brain doesn't allow them to learn. Not that they're not capable, but they're not able. And sometimes that happens when there's stress in the home. Some children adjust more uh, in a more difficult manner when it comes to divorce, separation, or other traumas in the family. And so, and we know that children with ADHD have even more difficult time adjusting to change. So opportunity to learn is really important, um, but you take the achievement testing and let's assume you do an evaluation and you find out that the person is reading well above grade level or comprehending, comprehending well, well above grade level. It will explain to you why they may be having some inattentive distractibility issues if the material that's being presented to them is something they would have learned three or four years ago. And so, you know, it's people say, well, you know, they, they don't, they can't be gifted because their grades aren't high enough. Well, that has nothing to do. In fact, 30 some percent of gifted children uh, drop out of school. That was an old study done by French. And I don't believe it's been replicated and in, in much has changed over the years. So the um, achievement testing is extremely important, not, not just to identify learning disabilities, but also to identify the potential ability of that child to, to have attained knowledge that now makes everything pretty much boring in the classroom, which then makes people think they have ADHD when in fact they may not, or they may have a more minor type of ADHD, which then leads to um, increase in symptoms because of the environment that they're in. Now the final the final point which I think is one of the most important and again it's just one possible measure so you never just do this assessment and say oh it's ADHD but uh, in the clinics in our clinics at OSR clinics and also in uh, some around the world the, the important test that has to be done is some way to look at the brain or neurology. It's, it's no different than saying, well, you have a blood test and we're going uh, you have a, sorry, a blood disorder and we're going to do all these tests that have nothing to do with just testing your blood. Now, some people in the past would have done neuropsychological assessments, which are very specific learning challenges that you give children and from their results, you can interpret what part of the brain may be 
above or average or below average in potential or functioning. But that's not what we're talking about. With a, with a brain scan, and we use a QEG, and this, this technology was developed by Dr. Robert Thatcher, uh, who is an expert and renowned neuroscientist. And here's the thinking. Our brains give off electrical activity, and the different frequencies and the, uh, in the different parts of our brain represent different things. And, and EEGs have been done forever in medicine. And what Dr. Thatcher has done is taken the EEGs, quantified it, quantified it and used a statistical analysis, that's a fancy word to say, compared it to people who do and don't have different conditions. So when a child or an adult is assessed for ADHD and they're given a QEG, the collection of that information is then compared to those who do and don't have different conditions, including ADHD. Plus, it gives you a visual interpretation. You can see the pictures of what's happening to that person's brain. And that's extremely powerful when you put it all together with all of the other assessments I've described, because everything sort of complements the other. And you can have very atypical types of ADHD, uh, which don't seem to fit, but still you're getting some of the data from a comprehensive assessment. Now, people would argue and say, well, you know, 85% of the time or 80% of the time, if you give someone a checklist and do a history and uh, think they have ADHD, about 85% of the time you'll be correct. And I go, well, okay, but what about the other 15% of the time? If you miss children, misdiagnose them because you haven't done a comprehensive assessment, I have a problem with that. Now, you, you could argue and say, well, even with all of this testing, you're probably only going to be 95 to 99% sure. Well, that's consistently better than 80 to 85%. And in most cases, when, when we would look at this data and when we look at the data today after an assessment, because we have so many measures that cross correlate with each other, we have a pretty good confidence level to say, this is what the person is experiencing. And so following this assessment, one of the most, you know, interesting strategies, I should say, is to be able to provide strategies and a better understanding from the assessment results of what tools to use and under what conditions are they likely to be most successful. So the comprehensive assessment, comprehensive assessment, in my opinion, is the only assessment that makes sense when you're looking at attention deficit disorder, with or without hyperactivity, inattentive type, complex, which means there's also uh, giftedness there. And I think if you look at the overall theme of this podcast, and I, I talked to it last week uh, in Simran, and I, with Simran, and I asked about, you know, do you feel it's that you're gifted, that, that you're able to cross over, and it's a gift to you, ADHD. And it wasn't until she had a, a comprehensive assessment, it wasn't until she was able to understand what was truly going on, could she start to build to cross over from saying, you know, ADHD is holding me back or these symptoms are holding me back to now it's an advantage because now I know what I need to do to be exceptional at what I want to do. So I think the comprehensive assessment is told, you know, it's just completely linked to a proper diagnosis and a proper plan for strategies and treatment. 
So that completes this podcast. Remember, get a complete assessment if you're concerned about ADHD or other symptoms. There's a whole host of factors that can look like ADHD but are not. And it's important that you rule those out as well as determine if you do have ADHD, what type and how severe it is. I'm Hank for the ADHD Fix. I look forward to talking with you again next time. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. ADHD isn't just for kids, but can certainly look and feel different for adults. The experienced multidisciplinary team at OSR Clinics understands the complexity of ADHD in adults and can help you determine if it is ADHD or something else. The comprehensive assessment process doesn't only look at symptoms, but also looks at your brain in order to understand what's really going on. Visit osrclinics.com to book your free information session today. That's osrclinics.com.